Welcome to this special episode of the Young Terps podcast from the Viner Fourgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner, and returning. Yep, returning to the DMV is me, your co-host, Jordan Viner. Yeah, he's back. No more solo shows for me. Not sure really how I feel about this, but special episode today talking about uh, the football season. Yes, and I apologize to our fans out there. I don't think we've ever explained this, but I was moving, and I just did not have time for more stuff. But hey, guess football season's over now. It really feels like it's barely started, didn't it? Yeah, and I guess congratulations is in order to you, uh, college graduate now. A proud North Dakota State Bison college graduate, that is me. But it doesn't end there. You're off to Temple for grad school. And you know what that means for us, right? That means I get to beat Maryland at least once every five years in at least two sports. All right. You know what? Those Temple games, though, probably some of the worst Maryland games I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. I, the one that always gets me still, you remember the first, I believe this was the first year of Randy Edsel, when we wore the gold jerseys. Yeah, they came out in those hideous jerseys. They were horrible and lost, like, what was it, 38-7 to seven to Temple? I say they're hideous, yet I have one upstairs in my closet. Well, that's kind of the life we live. That that still stands out, even though I didn't see that game. Um, I don't remember why, but I didn't see it. And I still remember just, like, looking at the score on my phone and being like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. That is one of the few games I've left the stadium early. And that says a lot, but, yep, I'm going to be a Temple Owl working at the athletic department, and I'm very excited for that. Hard to tell what that means for our podcast, but for now, Mason, I guess we have to figure out what to make of this Frankenstein season. Yeah, and I think that's where you see you have to start it. Uh, it started awful, uh, and you know the, you can start back in August when they decide they were going to cancel the season, and then they weren't going to cancel it, and then it starts Halloween weekend. Maryland gets stomped by Northwestern, but you almost have to take this year and just say it's a building block. I think Loxley put it best: year one and a half. I think that's fair, and if you look at it from that perspective of being a building block, which I personally do, this was extremely successful. We beat Minnesota in that great game on national television. We beat Penn State, which is, of course, a huge deal around here, and then you take an acceptable loss to a very good Indiana school, and I actually forgot what our fifth loss was. What was it, Mason? Or, sorry, third loss. They lost to Rutgers. Of course. Yep, I don't know how I forgot about that one. Um, that just shows you the month I've had. But still, even though you lost to Rutgers, which of course sucks and shouldn't have happened, I still think it's hard to see this if you look at a building block as anything but success. Yeah, and and success leaves clues. That That's Coach Loxley's biggest phrase. When you look at this season, I think the biggest clue that will be left is adapting the scheme to the talent that you have. If you look, and it's really mainly a focus on the defensive side of the ball. The scheme adaptation from week one to two, two to three, and really there on all the way through the Rutgers game of moving a guy like Sam O, who can really hold his own as a big guy, uh, to the strong side defensive end position instead of defensive tackle, getting the rotational jack linebacker play uh, fixed while Inshime was out, and then bringing him in. Man, is he a hell of a player that I'm excited to see play next year. And then playing through the linebackers. Maryland, 
figured it out in some way of sense. They brought in real size on the defensive line, let their fantastic middle linebacker core, you know, really make the tackles and make plays. And it looks like they're going to have a fantastic secondary for the next couple of years. Yeah, it does. And building on that, another reason you can say this is a success, well, one is Indiana and Rutgers, you both had COVID problems that really led to the loss. And two is all of those things, you can go back and listen if you want, all those things in our preseason show and after the Northwestern game, all the things that we ripped and criticized and were on the team about mostly got fixed. And fixed, I would say, almost in the way that we pointed them out that needed to be fixed. You know, you, you looked at the game, you look at the film, and and that's one of the things I enjoy and really miss not, not really having uh, much to really look at this year. You break it down, they made the simple fixes, they act really, really just competent. You know, the last year... It just seemed like they were throwing things at the wall and it wasn't working. And they were going to run their scheme, whether they had the guys or not. Trying to weed out a lot of the bad guys out of this program. This year, they changed that. It became more about winning. And I think, in a way, it's emblematic of the Washington football team, if you're a fan of them. You know, you can take some time, say, we're just trying to build something. Eventually, at some point, when there's opportunity you got to flip that switch and say it's about winning. It's about winning right now. What are we going to do to win football games? And that's what Maryland did. That's what Loxley did. And they got very, very important wins over Penn State and Minnesota. And, yeah, that Penn State one, again, you can't really hammer enough because it was a dominant win, and it was a win we really needed at the time. Because, yeah, we beat Minnesota. Minnesota had a horrible season, which I'm sure is going to be looked at extensively. But Penn State also had a horrible year, but you beat them. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to play Michigan this year, because we could have beat them. And those are wins, programs that you, even though they have down years, you beat them, that's an accomplishment. It really is. Uh, and the accomplishments are there. Leah, I think, is a quarterback of the future. Uh, I was sad to see that Jake Funk's moving on, but I understand why. I think he's got a great shot at the NFL. I think that guy's an NFL, he's an NFL player. He might not be the most skilled running back you've ever seen in your life, but that's the kind of guy that teams want. You know, he's going to play for special teams. He's played defense at the college level. He's played running back at the college level. He can do it all. He'll find his way onto a roster, and I think he'll be a 10-year player because on special teams, he's a fantastic football player. Uh, as far as the receivers, I'm starting to get disappointed with some of these guys. Uh, I thought Demas had a good year-over-year improvement. Sean Jones... Uh, he costs the team in some big moments, but I think he's a guy that I want to stick around. He's also a college graduate now. Uh, Rock Jarrett, I think, is going to be a fantastic football player. He, he's going to be on Sundays. And then the improvement up front. You know, the consistency of coaching is something that I've always pointed out. Guys like Jahari Branch came in from junior college and really stepped up. Uh, Marcus Miner's moving on from the program, as is Johnny Jordan, two guys that I think it's just time for them. They're graduated school. You go out and take your graduate you know, transfer opportunity, see something different. Uh, and, you know, and then guys like Mason Lunsford that came off the bench, gave Maryland time, Ja'Kai Green, a guy who you really can't expect to do anything that was forced in a position and played well enough to give Maryland a chance to win that Rutgers game. The, the future is bright around, but the biggest guy up front has to be Jalen Duncan. The year one over two, one to two, or one to one and a half, one to whatever you want to call it, improvement, uh, was fantastic. He's he's a real left tackle. He can play in this league. Evan Gregory, another guy that stepped up. Uh, the guys that they recruited have found the consistency in the coaching. They've taken to that, and they can block the scheme. 
All that matters when you're looking at what Maryland does is can you execute about six or seven plays on offense, and I think they found some guys that really can't. Yeah, and you mentioned the offensive line. Into the season, we thought it was going to be strong. I don't think we expected it to be this good, though, really. like. Well, I expected uh, – I'll go back, and and I recent, recently kind of listened to what I said on Bruce's show on Turf Talk on Wednesday night uh, about the offensive line when Johnny Jordan came back. I said they have five guys. One guy gets hurt, they're in trouble, and that, that was true at the beginning of the season. The biggest vote of confidence with those guys has to be the development of the backups. Because they had to come in at times, whether it was COVID, another issue, whatever went on in the program. They stepped up big. Yes, they did. And that can't be overstated enough. Because it feels like now, and you can really, all the Maryland fans out there, which I assume is almost everybody, just um, remember how you felt at the end of last season after we lost to Michigan State. And I know we had an okay performance in that game, and maybe that was a little bit of a prelude to the progress we were making. But to me, after last year, I just felt like, man, like I like Mike Loxley, but I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if we're ever going to get back. That's really what I felt like. Yeah, I would say similarly. I thought it was done. You know, I really thought this program was in a bad, bad spot. Regardless of what I said on this show, uh, really internally here, just, just talking to people, there is belief in Coach Loxley, but it really wasn't looking too good. It really wasn't. But now it is. You know, it's a great year, one one to two change. Uh, on defense, you can point out the same guys, Sam O. Uh, Cherokee Glass now, a guy who's moving on from the program, really gave Maryland his all. Ami Finau, Mo Kite, uh, Frankie Burgess, a guy who, who went down with um, some illness, uh, who's a freshman. He played fantastic. He's not a defensive a player, but Franja Gote is another one that just – you feel the change, and I know he. I don't believe at least Loxley recruited him. No, that's a Durkin guy, and you can you can feel it when he plays. That's what DJ wanted Maryland to be like, and and he did not execute that well as a coach. But some of the guys that are left, Chance Campbell, Gote, Ace Ely, yeah, Ace Ely, uh, Antoine Richardson. He's also moving on from the program, but he he, you know, was another guy that Maryland just needed to set the tone to be a leader. And then the bright spots in, in the secondary. Tarheeb still a um, freshman All-American, and I 100% agree with that. He's a fantastic football player. He's, my, he's probably the best player of this class. Oh, you actually, it's up to the point where you can put him against Rock Jarrett and say those two guys are studs and could legit be All-Americans in a couple of years. Yeah, Dante Banks, another guy who had a really good uh, year one to two. Levante Gator, he didn't really play much. Stepped up big when they needed him. Kenny Bennett, I thought, improved a lot. Yeah, I thought Kenny Bennett was, was just more comfortable. I think it was a comfort level with a lot of these guys. Uh, the other one that you have to point out in the secondary is Nick Cross. You know, he was playing a one-safety look. A lot of this year was one guy, he's free safety in the back, back uh, middle of the field, and Maryland's playing almost a zero defense every time. And he made great plays out of center field. And another, the other safety I think you can shout out to, Jordan Mosley, because we were very, I think we were both very concerned about sticking back there, but he, the improvement he made, it. I know we've said it this a lot, but he's in the candidate for most improved player, I think, too. I, I wouldn't say that. What I will say is he's a versatile, really, really good guy for your team. Um, when it comes to Jordan Mosley, he ended up playing linebacker in the last game of the season because they just didn't have any linebackers. And, and those guys are important to your team. I think we're getting to the point here where it's time to win. You know, it's no longer we're building something. It's no more, you know, they're recruiting great. It's what can you put on the field on Saturday. And th that's good that you're expecting that. And it's also good. But it's it's right, too. Year one, mess. Year two, better. Lost some games they should have won. 
Uh, of course, you know, circumstances of this year, but if you really look at it, they lost some games they should have won. Year three, you expect to at least keep trending up. Yeah, you at least want to start turning the corner. You have a winning season next year, at least. And to that end, and this is something that I have privately debated with myself, is maybe this season is kind of what we need it to be as Maryland fans. It was short. We only played five games, as we all know. But we saw enough to believe in the team again. And that's a big deal because, as we both said, after last year, it was really looking bad for us. I don't know if 12 games would have done this team good because I don't know how many of them we really would have won. But you won enough. You played well enough this season in the games that you had that for recruiting, for fans, for donors, you can be like, okay, I can see us having a winning record next season, which is more than you – which is a hell of a lot more than you're able to say after last year. Right, and I think you hit on some big things, and the one you left out of there is recruits and the players in the locker room. No, no, oh, pl- yeah, pl- um, I did not mention the players in the locker room, and they're buying. And your, and your NFL guys. The guys that really promote going to Maryland. The guys who could really affect change for your program are behind this staff. And we already As saw somebody, that. I was just gonna, we already saw that with Stefan Diggs. And yeah, now you might see more of that. As somebody that really watches this program, this is the team that I like the most. Ever? No, no, not this specific team. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Maryland football. Okay, gotcha. This team made me proud to watch them again. It made it fun. I wanted to sit down on Saturday when they're playing the number 12 team in the country, which they did, and say we have a legitimate chance to win this game on the road. COVID or not, I think my 11 on the football field are better than yours. That's something I haven't been able to say in a long time. The preparedness, the readiness, the willing, and the fight that they had on the field, it it gives you something to look at. You know, and I'll say the same thing about Washington, the Washington football team. Same exact thing. When I watch them, regardless of all the other crap that's going on in the background right now, which there's a lot of right now, I want to see the game on Sunday. I want to turn on the radio in D.C. and hear about the damn game. I don't really want to hear about all the other stuff that's going on. I want to hear about the game, and I think that applies to Maryland. I didn't really want to hear about the recruiting during the season. I want to hear about the games. People are excited and angry and passionate about the game. It's not what's going to happen next year. It's what's happening right now. That is more important than anything else. That is what will sell you tickets. That's what will make people want to watch the game, will donate money, will get behind your program is, do I want to go watch them in five years? Yeah, do I want to go watch them now? Hell yeah. That is what will put fans in the stadium this September 3rd, 2021, West Virginia. That is a big football game for this program, for this area. And I can realistically say if it's allowed, if people feel comfortable, if COVID is uh, out of the way, that game can be a sellout. 100%. And uh, you just said we don't lie about this as much, but it's also worth remembering now. People are hyping up a lot. We had this defensive line class coming in, which is still true and still critically important. But, and this is a big but, you don't feel like they all have to play because you have guys in the defensive line that at least I feel like they can be stopgaps at least, or they can play. You're not going to be a They can put- play. Mo Kate, Ami Finau, Sam O, Joseph Bonapelli, all these guys, they weren't bad. They weren't getting pushed around. And no, we didn't play Ohio State. But again, Indiana was good. We played against Penn State and we dominated that game. And you feel like, okay, we don't need freshmen to play, which you keep saying, Mason, and you're totally right on this. That ruins development, especially on the lines, because you're so much smaller. You're so much not ready to play them. We don't need that anymore. You can actually start looking ahead and being like, okay, we can have a redshirt freshman here. We can start building towards the future. You can start the cycle that's going to give us possibly, I'm not saying this is next year, 
It could be, but I'm not saying that yet. Maybe a top 25 program, maybe a Big Ten East contender. That's in the possibility again. I agree with that. And the one thing you have to mention is with school not being what school is, uh, they're enrolling seven guys early. So some of those freshman guys up front are going to have their shot. I think when you look at guys like Johnny Jordan, when you look at guys like Marcus Minor, Terrence Davis, another one that goes in that pot of recent players, I almost look at it and say they were ruined by having to play as freshmen. You know, we had great talent football players that were really thrown into the fire. They didn't have time to develop. And it works for some guys. It worked for Jalen Duncan, but it doesn't work in other scenarios. You get so beaten down. Uh, you're playing on a team with not the best culture, if you're talking about Durkin's era. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I would rather have guys like uh, Tommy A coming in, uh, Andre Porter, guys that need to develop. Let them develop. Let Finau play. Let uh, Anthony Booker play. And Mason, just to go back, because I know this is something that well, used to really piss you off and still I know does sometimes. Culture on the team. It feels like it changed. What do you say to that? I think I've mentioned that really already. They have a lot of fight. You know, they are they are a DMV football team. There ain't, there's no doubt in my mind about that. They have attitude. They get, you know, and I'll say it, they get penalties. They play D.C. Baltimore football. There's no doubt about that. They have a big attitude about them. I love it. I'm from here. I'm young. I'm not uh, the disciplinarian that I may sound like on this podcast, really. Let guys have fun. Now, it gets too far. When it gets to losing you the game, I do have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with Jay Sean Jones blocking somebody. You know, he, he hit somebody. Have some fun. Show some energy. Now, that Rutgers game, I feel like they lost just because they didn't have enough guys. And they had guys trying to make every single play humanly possible, giving it 190% accurately, about 190% of what they had. Snap counts through the roof. You're going to lose games like that. Now, that's not really the realistic scenario. That was what that game was. I like it. They want it. They want to hit somebody. They want to play football for Maryland, and they want to make it happen here and now. Again, it's not about what's going on in three years anymore. It's what can I see realistically next year. And I and I like that picture. You know, they're losing some pieces, but they're bringing a lot of guys back to play a lot of minutes. And we briefly mentioned this, but you can't talk about the season without mentioning Tali Tagovailoa, who admittedly, a lot of people, including us, were a little bit skeptical of when he got here. But I think it's fair to say, I know he didn't play well against Indiana. There's a lot going on there. But when... Penn State, Minnesota, he was playing great games. He looks like you always wanted Mason, just a guy who can run the offense. He looks like he at least can run Mike Loxley's offense. Well, he looks like he's an elite football player uh, about half the time. Uh, I get disappointed with him. I'm still not really sure what you're going to get. Uh, he seems to me at least like a rookie in the NFL that's kind of up and down. You know, you think he can do it, but you're not really sure. You're not really sold. They need to keep this offense intact. They need to keep the staff intact. Uh, they need to keep it the same, and, and they will. You know, when it when it comes down to it for Maryland football right now, uh, they're getting close to when other teams are going to want their recruiters, going to want their guys, going to want uh, Coach Hoke and, and things like that. I think they're going to be able to keep the staff, for the most part, intact, uh, keep guys like Albert Reed, who used to play running back for Maryland, and Caleb Rowe used to play quarterback uh, in there in, in good roles that really support the players directly. And, of course, keep Scotty and Joker uh, in the positions that they're in uh, with the offense 
and, and just continue to execute. You know, continue to build. I, I would go for 100% staff retention this year. I really like what Brawley gave him. Brawley Evans, who recruited a long time for Maryland, gave him on defense. I really like what Brian Williams did up front with the defense, moving from linebackers to defensive line coach. And you cannot overstate the job Henry Baker did as cornerbacks coach this Well, I was year. getting there, too. He's also a fantastic recruiter for the team outside of New Jersey where he's from. When you get into it, and I really miss talking to guys like Henry Baker, talking to guys like Coach Hoke, um, Miller, the tight ends coach, one of my favorite guys to talk about. And then Taylor Edwards, uh, the head of recruiting, another great guy that I've had some really good conversations with uh, off the air, of course. Uh, I miss seeing those guys. You know, I can't wait to get back out there on Tuesdays uh, and in the summer practices when we get to coach, talk with Coach Davis and, and Coach Mason and strength and conditioning. I really, you know, again, I miss I miss being part of this program and being there and seeing the practice and seeing the development of the guys, especially over the summer. And hopefully we get back to really being able to practice every day, you know, not having to worry about uh, COVID-19. Well, that's bigger. And, yeah, there is hope and optimism that we might be done with this, at least in the near future, relatively speaking, which is fantastic. Because, yeah, you want to be back out there in College Park. And I know I'm not going to have – likely not going to be there this year. But, Mason, I know you will if you can – and hopefully we do. I am, I guess, in a nutshell, this season was what we needed to be as fans and as a program. And hopefully we can keep building. And the future looks bright in College Park. We haven't always been able to say that. Yeah, and kind of winding it down and going back to another thing that I said. What I really, really like about this team is the graduate assistant program. Matt Robinson's on the staff. Played linebacker for Maryland. Albert Reed, who played running back. Caleb Rowe, who played quarterback. Brett Kolka, who played defensive line for Maryland, is on there. Uh, I believe there are some other ones. Yeah, there are. Um, I don't have the list in front of me right now, but we'll... Again, bringing yeah. guys back, making it our guys who do the right things, who aren't meant for the NFL but want to stay in football, keeping those guys here, you know, building this program, making it about our guys. It doesn't need to be somebody else. This area, this culture a football player can win games. What we do is just as good as anybody else. The results may not show on the field yet, but that belief that we don't need to bring guys from outside, we don't need another coordinator, we've won with our guys despite the fact of how judgmental I was towards them. They certainly got me believing now. And you know what? That's not always easy for Mason because I've seen, I've been around him his entire life and he doesn't buy in all, all the time. I think that about does it for now. Nothing but good things. Of course, you can plan negatives, and I don't know if we want to do that today. But if you there like, aren't really that many of them. Really, there's not. And that I think after that Northwestern game, you can always just point out as like that was an aberration. That's fine. The two games we lost, you really can point a lot of it to COVID. I don't know how much you really want to go down today. We can do that playing on basketball on the next podcast. But for now, the future is bright. We can talk about next year. Next year, I'm okay with this season. Yeah, and before we wrap it up, this podcast is, of course, brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. I'd host your event as safely as possible in the current times. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today. Contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan... I know you kind of wrapped it up from your perspective. The culture change is here. You know, the time is here. I feel like DMV to UMD Part 2 
is happening. The recruiting class was great. Uh, I talked about that with Dave LaMonaco. If you didn't listen to it, make sure to go back. Dave gave us some great insight on some guys that aren't necessarily the highest rated guys in the class, but people that he thinks are really going to be the next wave of Terps. And happy holidays to all of you. Yeah, happy holidays. It's been a tough year for everybody in almost every facet, but it's almost over, and at least you have Maryland football, which had a good season, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, with Christmas coming up, it's just important that everybody stays safe, you know, keep Terp Nation strong, and I, I think we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we can get back to these games, get back into Xfinity Center. We know our team needs it on the basketball court. We're not going to talk about that this show. Uh, after Christmas Day, the game against Purdue, we'll be back here uh, and and talking about what is – I don't really know. what to, I'm not going to say anything no, yet. No, this is a big swing game for the Terps basketball. I know Mason is already uh, getting a little bit hot on the way they're playing. Hopefully they can turn it around. You know, football I enjoy watching because it's football. Basketball I have a really hard time watching without the fans. But we'll get into that next show. Yes, we will. And until then – we would also like to thank Viner Four Gates for their sponsorship here in the Viner Four Gates studio for all of your business IT needs. If you need a team that is reliable, tough, has now celebrating in 2021 year number 30 in business right here in Rockville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV, you want the team at Viner Four Gates. You can reach them toll free at 877-797-8776 or on the web at the newly redesigned Viner4Gates.com. And as always, thanks for listening.